Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Today, we're going to remain standing in solidarity and um, support of Ukraine. Uh, We're going to do a call of response. We're going to skip the rule of life. Uh, And I want you to pray to the Lord together in unison. Put that up, the call of worship. Um, So I will start. We confess that we are growing tired of praying in the tragic wake of one human-caused disaster after another. We are running out of words. We need you, Lord. We have no one else to whom to turn. Holy Spirit, pray for us. Lord Jesus, high priest of all creation, lead us into prayer. We pray, O Lord, for those who are killed in the acts of hatred. We pray for all who love them, all who grieve. Be their savior, strength, and comforter. We pray for those who are injured and in great pain, and for those who li- who lives will forever be changed. Be their hope and healer. Lord, we pray for the men and women of law enforcement. Give them courage and discernment. We pray for clergies and counselors who will care for the people in fear and in grief. Give them your compassion. We pray for all people who live under the threat of terror. Give them your peace and protection. We pray for political leaders and people in power. Give them wisdom to work for the world of justice and peace. We pray for those whose desperation, beliefs, or circumstances lead them to justify deeds of violence and evil. Forgive them. Bring them to repentance and a new life. We pray for people of good will everywhere and for all who work for justice. Embolden us to build communities in which everyone flourishes. Renew our courage and commitment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. How long, O Lord, we live for the day when your kingdom of righteousness, peace, joy comes in its fullness. Send your spirit upon all people. Strengthen us in all goodness. Pour in us in us, sorry, your unfailing love. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Now, Stu would come and give us the word. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. You guys can have a seat. There are some things in life that are just done better in the company of others. Some things that just don't feel right unless you have other people around you. 
for me, one of those things is going to see movies. I just don't feel right if I don't have people beside me watching the movie with me, sharing the highs and the lows of it and the good times of it. It just doesn't feel the same. And even though, you know, during the pandemic, we had to see movies alone. I think one time I had to break Henry's heart by telling him, no, I wanted to see this particular movie alone. It just feels better when you have other people with you in those movies. And as you can see from the pictures up there that Jeff jumped the gun on, um, it's the same thing for me with hockey. Uh, I love bringing people with me to go see hockey games. I just don't feel right without other people to share the ups and the downs, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, and Lord knows with the Rangers, it is a roller coaster ride, so you kind of need a support group with you. And I think there's a lot of things that we can look at in life and say that they're just better when you have people around you, when you have community around you, whether it's movies, whether it's games, whether it's weddings or baby showers or meals until someone starts stealing your food, but we're not gonna go into that. Um, things are better when you have community around you. But of all the things that we think of better in community, I'm willing to bet that most of us don't put prayer into that category. Most of us probably think of prayer as something that's more of a solitary discipline. It's something that we do kind of on our own between us and God. And I'm not knocking that discipline in any way, shape, or form, because after all, Jesus practiced it regularly, where he would withdraw from the crowds, where he would withdraw even from the disciples, and he would go and he would spend time with God alone. But I think there is a very clear, very powerful aspect of prayer when we do it in community. And when we think of our lives as Christians, you know, we are created for community. There is so much that we do as our lives as Christians in community. And to think that it extends to everything except prayer, that seems a little bit silly. And if we go back to uh, the passage that we read just a moment ago from Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. Jesus is offering us an invitation to come together in community to pray. He's telling us that there is power in that coming together in an audience with him to pray and lift up our needs, our wants, our desires, our hurts, our pains, all of those things. It's why when I come up here and I do announcements, I'm not just being a hype man about the prayer text hotline, but I always say it's important that we pray in the context of community, specifically because where two or three gather, Jesus is there with us. But I think that's something that a lot of times we do miss in our prayer life. Maybe it's something that we've overlooked the importance of, or maybe we're afraid of the vulnerability that comes in praying in community. So that's what we're gonna talk about. Today, we're gonna to go into a couple of passages of scripture, and we're just gonna talk about why there is such an importance to prayer in community. And we're gonna to go to our first passage, and this is from the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter 12. And at this point, the church is starting to feel the pressure they're starting to feel the persecution. They've already seen some of their members uh, martyred. They've seen Stephen martyred uh, by being stoned by the Sanhedrin, which was the religious ruling class. We see in this passage, Herod has already put James to death, and that is the political end of things. So from both the religious and the political ends of the spectrum, the church is being persecuted. 
And now Herod has put Peter in jail, and he has every intention of putting him on trial. And you know that's not going to be a fair and impartial trial. That's going to be a sham trial, and we know what's going to happen to him. And so did the church, and they were very much afraid of that. They've already seen so many of their members martyred. They've seen so many of their members killed and persecuted. And now they're worried about Peter, who is pretty much the leader of the church at this point. They're worried what's going to happen to him next, and they're worried about what's going to happen to themselves in light of that. And so that's why in uh, verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And when Luke writes that they were earnestly praying, they were praying with their entire heart together, praying for God's favor on this, for his resolution to this, for his, how he was going to help them in this terrible moment. And God does come through. He comes through with an amazing miracle where he sends an angel who almost seems like he dope slaps Peter and says, come on, let's get out of here. And Peter actually doesn't even realize what's going on when you read through the rest of the chapter. It's almost funny how he doesn't realize that he's actually getting out of jail. He thinks it's a, a vision. And then he comes to a couple of blocks later. It's like, oh, wow, God really made this happen. But the, the, the comedy of that uh, aside, what the church did was they came together and prayed. That was their default mode when it came to their needs, when it came to their worries. It, earlier in Acts, um, it says that the church was devoted to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and they were together with everything in common. Yes, they were sharing their possessions, but they were also sharing their worries, their concerns, their fears, all of the things that affected them. And that's very simply, very easily, the first thing that I want us to really realize about why it's so important to be a community that prays together. Let's put this point up. We pray together for God's help in our time of need. That's what the church did when they had needs. They came together and they prayed. And there is obviously a very spiritual component to this. God came in their need for Peter's safety and he broke him out of jail. But there's also a very, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a very practical aspect of it as well. It's very hard for a community to pray for something together if they're not sharing what's on their mind, right? Like, turn to your neighbor for a second and just ask them, how are you doing? Now, what's the answer you want to give to your neighbor right away? I'm fine, right? Because none of us want to admit that something is going on. None of us want to admit that we have problems. We're just going to say, I'm fine. And there is definitely a vulnerability, and it's kind of scary to make that, that sharing when we're praying for each other. But it's something that builds community together when we share the things that are worrying us, that are going on in our lives, and we lift them up to God together in community. And the other thing is that sometimes, look at your neighbor, point at them, and say, you may be God's plan for helping someone out. That might even be more scary than saying that uh, what, what's going on in your heart. I'm going to share a quick little story. Um, and I think many of you guys can probably resonate with some of this. In my family, we have this weird thing where one person will tell their problems to somebody else, but they will follow it up with, don't you dare tell anybody else. I don't want everybody knowing my business. I, this is just a quick little thing, but I've got to get it off my chest. 
And then, of course, that person will tell someone else, hey, listen, so-and-so is going through this, but they told me not to tell anybody, but I had to get it off my chest, so I had to tell you. I end up being the repository for everybody's problems, and I'm just like, what am I going to do with this now? I can't tell anybody, right? All of that went out the window when my mom was diagnosed with lymphoma. And um, I went to just about every single person I could and said, this is what's going on. I need help. I think I probably pestered the bejesus out of Janice because she is an oncologist and she knows about all these things that I don't know about. And uh, I went to her and asked her all kinds of questions. And she was an amazing help in that. And what was another great big help was all the people that I had on text speed dial for prayer. Because there were plenty of times when mom and I were sitting in the uh, chemotherapy clinic and I could see the fear in her eyes and I could see the worry in her eyes. And one hand, I'd be holding on to her and she'd be holding on to me for dear life. And God, she has a grip for someone of her age. <laughs> and in the other hand, I had my phone and I was texting, help, because I knew there were people there praying for us. Even though it was the two of us there in the clinic and a dozen or so other people miles away, two or three gathered and Jesus was there with us. And mom says to this day, every single time we did that, every single time I texted out saying, hey, we need some prayer. She felt it. It was a tangible, absolute physical feeling of that is the power of praying in community. That's the strength that we gain when we pray together in community, lifting up our needs to God together. So the question I have for all of you guys today is, what are those needs that are in your life that you need to lift up to God? And who is the community? Who are the people that you have by your side that you can let in. I get it. It's scary. It's vulnerable. It's almost terrifying. But there is a deep growing strength that comes when we are able to come together as a community to pray, to lift up those things together where two or three are gathered. There is an immense strength that comes from that. And that's the thing we're going to go into next. Let's put up this uh, next passage. This passage comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the church at Colossae. And just a little bit of a backstory on them. It was a very populous city that had a little bit of a problem with some kind of philosophy or lifestyle that was starting to worm its way into the church. Something that was trying to make itself just as important or more important than the gospel that they had been preached. Something that was trying to worm their way into their day-to-day -day lives. Kind of sounds familiar, like our defaults, right? The things in society that worm their way into our lives that get into the way of our relationship with Christ. Those defaults, like Dr. Sammy has been talking about. But when Paul was writing to them, he was writing to them and he was modeling a prayer to them to keep them aligned to God, to keep them in line with his wisdom. We see here in the beginning, when uh, Paul is writing, he's talking about him and his uh, and Timothy, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus 
and of the love you have for all God's people. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So again, Paul's prayer within his community, with him and Timothy and the others that he was on mission with, was a prayer for the entire community in Colossae to be aligned to God's will, to be aligned to the rest of the church worldwide that had heard the gospel, that was not being distracted and pulled aside by all the different things that didn't matter to their life in Christ. Now, again, this sounds kind of familiar for all of us today because there are so many competing commitments, so many defaults, so many subplots in our lives that distract us, that get in our way of our relationship with Christ. And there is a power in coming together in community to pray for one another that we be aligned to God's will, that we know his good and pleasing and perfect will. And it's not easy. It means sacrifice. It means giving up those defaults. But there is an immense amount of alignment and growth that can happen in our lives when we give up those defaults, when we sacrifice and pass those defaults so that we can focus on being aligned in Christ. And again, having friends on the journey with us to keep us in prayer, that we're vulnerable with, that will keep us accountable to that is vital because sometimes we are completely blind to the things that are pulling us away from Christ, completely blind to the things that are taking us out of alignment. A couple of more stories. Let's put this picture up. I'm sure you recognize these three <laughs> fellas. Uh, Andrew Rowe and Kevin Lim, they are two of my dearest friends in this community. Uh, we have been through so many adventures together, so many ups, so many downs. It has been a wonderful friendship that has grown over the years. But as with any friendship, you know that we have butted heads plenty of times together. And uh, sometimes it's been simple things. Sometimes it's just simple misunderstandings. Sometimes it's spiritual warfare. I mean, I'm sure that anybody here that has been in a deep relationship with someone, especially if you've been dating someone, sometimes there's just something that goes on and it's rubbing you the wrong way and you don't know why. Sometimes that's just spiritual warfare. And sometimes I've heard from so many people, just praying together just breaks it, just cuts it out. So even in our, our friendship, sometimes it's spiritual warfare. Sometimes it's wedding jitters. Uh, I'm not going to sell out who was having the wedding jitters in that group. I'll leave you guys to figure that one out. Sometimes it's something as stupid as we meant to go see a movie and one of us was annoyed because we were running late and we didn't take into account traffic and this, that, the other thing. I, I, I don't know who was petty enough to um, go into uh, you know such a mode like that. I'm, I'm not gonna. But anyway. Um, so many things that we've butted heads over. But the thing that has kept us together through all of it has been that intimacy, has been that prayer, has been that vulnerability and willingness to be vulnerable and kind of push in that, hey, you were kind of a jerk the other day when you were flipping out over a stupid movie. And I said, yeah, I know, I know. But in that prayer, 
we're able to become aligned once again with God and with one another. And heck, even just not five minutes ago, as I'm standing right back there, Kevin looks over to me and sees that I am panicking about coming up here. And he just comes over, puts his hand on me, quick little prayer. That's the kind of intimacy, the kind of strength that we draw from one another when we pray in community. Another story, let's put this other picture up. This is uh, familiar from a couple of weeks ago when Doc was talking about reluctant leaders uh, when he put me on blast and um, he was 100% right because I am such a reluctant leader. I need that kick in the pants every now and again. And it's funny that he used this picture for that because I remember exactly when this picture was taken and this was when I got that proverbial kick in the pants. This was at a retreat where Doc was preaching and praying for people who were hearing God's call but were resistant to it. And the entire community, not singling out anybody saying, you, you need to listen to God's call or anything like that. I'm not singling you out for anything. But just the community praying, those who were hearing God's call but were resistant to it. God, open up their hearts, open up their, their minds, open up their willingness to be aligned to your will. And Doc has been teasing me about being weepy up here. I think I've been okay so far today, but I will admit that I was definitely a weepy mess at that retreat because I did feel that. I did feel that call that God was giving me. And if not for the entire community praying for it, very likely I would have continued ignoring it. Very likely I wouldn't be up here right now. That's the power of coming together in community to pray for God's will to be known in the community so that we are all aligned to one another and to God and to his perfect will. And that's my second point. Let's put that up. We pray together to be aligned to God and to one another. There are going to be plenty of times when we are misaligned, not only to God, but to our friends, to our family. And coming together in prayer coming together as community in that vulnerability, in that terrifying, scary vulnerability, is something that can strengthen us, can realign us to God, can help us on our path, our walk with Christ. We need that vulnerability. We need that vulnerability so that we can move forward in our journey with Christ, so that we can be closely knit to one another. So my question for you guys is this. Who do you guys need to pray with to make sure that you're aligned with God. And Doc has been talking about as we go into Lent, fasting those defaults, fasting those subplots, all those things that take away from our alignment to God. And there is very powerful change that can and will happen. But it helps so much when we have community around us, when we have that accountability to say, hey, I'm struggling with social media. I'm fasting this during Lent. Can you check in on me and keep prayer for me that I don't fall into that temptation over and over again? How can I pray for you? And another thing that I just want to tack on at the end, don't be afraid of that intimacy and don't be afraid of praying with others. Because I know there are a lot of people that may be new to prayer. And they may see other people who have been doing it for a while and they're like, oh man, that guy prays you know, so much better than I do. I can't Everybody sucks when they first start praying. It's a, it's a discipline that we grow in. Don't be afraid of it. 
embrace it. So would you guys practice this with me? Let's stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are so available to us, that you said where two or three gather, that you are there with us. As we go into Lent this year, Father, as you're leading us to sacrifice the defaults, to fast them and to give them up, help us be aligned to one another and to you, to your good and pleasing and perfect will. And I pray that this would not be a discipline that we just go through during Lent, but that it becomes a core tenet of who we are, just as the early church did, that we would come together and earnestly pray for the things of your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. cultural theologian Mike Tyson once said this everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face great theologian great comedian too but in the age of social the curse of social media it's the quest of perfection 
So what happens is we try to preserve our image with our friends, our peers, and to the world. And so we try to curate the highlights of our lives on social and to each other. So our marriages are protected from the eyes of others. Our relationships are protected from the eyes of others. We want to show people just our highlights. But the truth is, you're going to get punched in the face. Tell someone next to you, you're going to get punched in the face. Not literally, hopefully not, but you're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. And, and uh, the fact is, death is inevitable. And aging, old age, a physician at Harvard said that aging is a massacre. Old age is a massacre, meaning it happens precipitously and it happens quickly. And I have a 17-year-old dog right now. It's a massacre. Every one of us are going to experience grief unexpectedly, especially for those families getting married, having kids in, in your mid-30s to 40s. That's when life will begin to punch you in your face. I mean, it doesn't discriminate according to age, but you don't need to pretend to be vulnerable or pretend to be all right, because the truth is no one is all right. Everyone is on a struggle bus together. So one of the defaults, the idols that we need to, to smash in Lent is this idea of perfectionism. Don't be ashamed of struggling. Don't be ashamed of having depressive thoughts or automatic thoughts. Don't be ashamed of the lack of perfection in your life because there's no one that's perfect. And that's when intimacy begins to take place, when we can share our vulnerability together. Because Facebook and Google and all the tech giants have perfectly curated ways to market products and images. What is missing in our planet right now is real hospitality. And so because of the age of the curse of social, it's awkward, right? Like even when you meet with each other, it's like, hey, how are you doing? Fine, I guess. And that, that silence, how many people feel that silence sometimes? What do I say? I don't know. And if you're an introvert, it's like, why are you talking to me? It's like, it's like uh, uh, then I really want to know you, but then I would have to talk to you or call you. That's really hard. But it's the, that silence and awkwardness will increase in time because the culture is moving toward that quest of perfection and the curse of social. And so we're going to share less and less, get more isolated. The statistics already prove that more than half of everyone in the world feels misunderstood, not connected, and lonely. And that will only increase. And I believe 180 strength, our community strength, is our consistency and continuity of meeting together no matter what. Whether it's 9-11, whether it's the recession, whether it's COVID. That faithfulness, that steadfastness to meet and and just open up is the power of God's grace moving in your life. That's what people need out there right now. And so the community that you are building here is a saving grace. 
So today, I want to pray against that default of isolating in shame, isolating in fear. Because perfectionism is a curse of the age. And we need to lay it down. So, will you lift your hands with me today? All you over, a lot of you overachievers here, all you struggle with, especially the perfectionist. Look at the person next to you if they're a perfectionist. <laughs> Today we're going to surrender it, that this default of isolation and perfectionism to the Lord. Together, this default. How will people experience the grace of Jesus if we're not his trophies of grace? If there's ambiguity to how he is the hero in our story, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. If you want to sh see power show up during Lent this year, the, the next 40 days as we journey together in prayer, let's boast of our weakness, Paul says, so that his strength could be made perfect and we together could allow the Savior to come and rescue us. So let's make this our prayer. Surrender our defaults of perfectionism and isolation. You are my strength. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. You are my all in Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. We need you, Lord. Let's sing the bridge. We need you, Lord. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. 
Father, we come before you this afternoon. Some of us struggle declaring and preaching Jesus shamelessly because a lot of us are, are still ashamed of many of our defaults and we hide them from others and the world. And so the collision and the conflict of the gospel in our own lives is that we accept it but are not proud of it. And so the gospel is muffled in our own lives for we are ashamed of the struggle when that's the human story of why we need a savior in the first place. We still believe in the lie that we can be the heroes of our own journey. The cultural lie. Through your own strength and through your own power and through your own will, you can conquer all things. The lie of Nietzsche. The strong man, the strong woman. So during Lent, I think that might be something that we have to grapple with in our lives. Am I ashamed of the gospel? Because I still struggle with the fact that I struggle. And so God's power is also muffled in my life. Cut short and mitigated. Father, help us to boast about our weaknesses to be self-deprecating, not as a form of sarcasm, but because we realize that we do, we do need a Savior. We are vulnerable, and we are humbled by your grace. That's the opportunity before us. And if we tap into that reality, it will change our lives. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's good to see all of you guys here on this nice and snowy Sunday. For those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church. We are a community joining God to restore the beauty in all things. And again, it's so good to see all of you guys here today. Before we get started, we just have uh, some community news that we want to share with everybody. We're going to start off with tithes and offering. And for all of our members here, we want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of everything, including your finances. You can make an offering through any of the electronic means uh, above. And if you're a visitor here, you guys are our guests, you guys are our visitor, there's no financial obligation to be here. But if you feel led to make an offering, you're more than welcome to do so at any of the means above as well. Our next announcement is about, is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram or Tumblr at 180BRG. And this is a great resource for us to get God's Word daily into our lives, whether we start the day whether, with it, whether we power through the afternoon with it, or whether it's a refreshing, quieting moment before we go to sleep at night to just bask in God's Word and really see what His promises are for us. And again, this is a great resource to bring that into our lives. We post just a chapter of the Bible every day on these uh 
um, outlets. And uh, again, you can find it on Instagram or Tumblr at 180BRG. Our next announcement is about the different ways that we can come together and pray. And as Dr. Sammy has been preaching uh, over the last few weeks, prayer is so important and vital to our lives. And it's important uh, not only for ourselves, but for those that we care about, for those that we're concerned about. And this is a great resource for those times when we want to pray for others and lift others up and that we don't want to do it alone, but we do it in community. Uh, at 5397 Prayer, you can send a text to our prayer team or you can do it through email at prayer at 180church.tv. And again, this is a great resource for those times where either we're going through something in our lives or for those that we care about, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our loved ones, where we can lift them up, but not just lift them up alone, but lift them up with the community. And again, uh, it's 5397prayer or prayer at 180church.tv. And we also have our house of prayer, which we start at about 1140 every Sunday. And it's a great time to just quiet ourselves from all of the busyness, all the insanity, all the craziness of the week, and just ready ourselves to hear God's word. And we do that right here in the theater again at 1140. And uh, speaking of all the ways that we can pray and... Uh, do that we uh, have all of these different devotionals which we've been going into through this year uh, that you can find at the 180 cafe um, all of these are available for you guys and again dr. Sammy has been talking about the ways that we can pray and the ways that we can you know center our lives in Christ and these have been a great resource for a lot of people to just spend time every day just with a short moment of prayer of devotion to really connect with God. Uh, again, you can find all of these at the uh, 180 Cafe. Uh, it's on the honor system, so you can pick it up and then you can just Venmo us at church180 or at QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Next, we have all of the ways that we're connected on social media. Uh, we have a number of Instagram handles. We have uh, 180 Church, 180 BRG, as I mentioned before, and 180 Fellowship for our college ministry. We have our YouTube page at 180 Church NYC. Dr. Sammy has his Twitter page at uh, Dr. Sammy Kim. We have our Facebook page at 180 Church. And lastly, we have our Tumblr page again, 180BRG for the Bible Reading Group. And these are a great number of ways where we can come together online to keep up to date on everything that's going on in the church and to just come together and pray and do all these things together, again, in the context of community so that we're not doing life alone, but we're keeping together in community through all of these means. And on that note, um, we know that not everybody can make it here every single Sunday. So we do have our live stream available every Sunday uh, on our YouTube page at 180 Church NYC. And it starts every Sunday at about 10 after 12. And again, this is a great resource for if you can't make it here on a Sunday or if you're inviting a friend out and they're just a little bit nervous about showing up in person, this is a great way to bring church to them, to help them start their journey in Christ. So again, it's on our uh, YouTube page at 180 Church NYC. Next, we have all of our small groups, which are where we come together in the middle of the week to go deeper into Dr. Sammy's sermon, to see where we're going in life, to see where Christ is calling us in life. And again, I've said it so many times today, it feels like it's becoming a catchphrase, but it's where we do it in community, where we do it together, where we're friends along the journey in where Christ is bringing us. And it's also a great way, if you're beginning your journey in Christ, to talk to people about where they've started and how they've been progressing in their relationship with Christ. We have the adult groups, which meet every Wednesday at 7.30, the young adult groups, which meet on Thursdays at 7.30, and we have the 180 Fellowship College group, which meets on Mondays at 7.30. And many of these are meeting online and virtually, so if you're interested in joining, come see me or any of the greeters in the blue shirts and we'll get you connected. 
Next, we have a number of ways that we're looking for people to help us in uh, many of the ministries we have here at 180 Church. One of them is the children's ministry. And we have so many kids running around here now, it's starting to feel like we're getting a little outnumbered by them. <laughs> and we need some people to help us with starting their journey in Christ and uh, giving them a foundation for who God is. If you're interested in joining that, you can talk with Pastor Lydia or you can talk with Michelle Kim and they'll get you plugged in. Next, we have the 180 Cafe, which is a great time to just grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in the morning. And we are looking for people to help out with that as well. And this is just a great place for, you know, being that first point of contact with people as they come in. And if you're interested in joining that, you can talk to Danny O or Wendy Lee. Or if that's not uh, up your alley, we just have our greeters, which really are the first point of contact, the people that are the friendly faces to welcome people. And many of us are here because someone was friendly and said, welcome you're welcome here. We want to know all about you and help you on your journey in Christ and all of that stuff. And uh, if you're interested in joining that again, you can talk with Danny O or Wendy Lee. Those are all of our announcements today.